0: Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Northeast Scene Podcast. This is Keith. And Tommy, how's everybody doing? All right, well, folks, we have another very special guest for you today: drummer extraordinaire, Bucks County and Philadelphia <laughs> legend yeah, T.J. Right. DeBloy.
1: Yes.
0: <laughs> <laughs> What's up, guys? I don't know how true that is, but you know, <laughs> it's as true as we want it to be. And damn yeah. it, it's it's true. Right. <laughs> so. TJ, how, how, how are you doing? You, uh, how are you surviving in, in the age of Corona? Now you work, you work at a bar in Philly, don't you?
2: I do. Yeah. Well, I don't work anymore. So it's been a little rough.
0: Yeah. So Um, what's the story? Like, how are you, how are you getting by or, or are you not?
2: Man, I'm like, uh, I'm right down to the, uh, the end of my money. I got some, you know, compensation issues for unemployment and all that going, you know, going on. Uh, that I'm you, dealing with but you know it's I'm alive I can't complain about that so
0: it's crazy my girlfriend's going through the same thing she's unable to work and you know the the unemployment sites are just really hard to get into people can't even get in because the the amount of traffic just right it's, it's it, yeah it, it's a crazy situation
2: yeah I have a little added uh added headache mixed into it but I won't get into all that
0: okay yeah. Maybe we'll get into it later, huh? Maybe, yeah, We yeah, will we'll possibly yeah.
2: stumble back to it. We definitely will.
0: <laughs> so, what's your day to day look like? What are you doing? How are you? How are you uh, staying sane during all this?
2: Man, I'm not doing much other than really hanging out with my dog, my girlfriend, making food, trying to like you know get my culinary skills up. I don't yeah. have a drum set here, so it's like I'm dying. I haven't played drums in like over two months, and I'm literally losing my mind. Um, oh wow! Uh, yeah, yeah I don't think I. I have a practice pad, but it's not the same, you know, just not the same. no, right. of course
0: not. Yeah, not at all. I don't think I've picked up a guitar since whew, I don't know. It's been, it's been a long time, months and months and months. Cause once, <laughs> once my band kind of stopped again, I was just like, well, that's it. Yeah. So we're just, you know, Tommy and I are just doing this now. Tommy, do you play, like, do you play guitar often or no?
3: Yeah. I play like three times a week just because, uh, Ellie's really into it, and I bought her a guitar for Valentine's Day. So, like two, three days a week, we come down and practice together.
0: Oh, that's good. Yeah. You know, I want to start. I want to start uh, learning some songs on piano again. I like playing piano. I have a keyboard, and I've been I've been gearing up to play the new Final Fantasy VII. So, I want to learn the oh, theme song on piano. There
2: you go. I and, heard it's like isn't it like a bunch of parts, and each part costs like sixty dollars or something ridiculous like that.
0: Yeah, they they released. I think it's taking so long to come out. The right. first the first one came out, and it's only the first three hours of the game. Right. <laughs> so so they don't even know when the next one is going to come out, and that's like a thirteen hour game. Yeah, that's
2: just ridiculous. I heard like yeah, the whole game was going to cost like one hundred eighty dollars or some crazy thing like that.
0: At least, and I will pay for it mm-hmm. because I'm hopelessly addicted, and it's honestly, it's one of the greatest game stories of all of all time.
2: Yeah, man, I would agree that originals. Super great.
0: It's crazy. I, I was telling Tommy on the last episode, there's a 13 hour YouTube video. Someone made a, a, a video of all the dialogue and cutscenes. So you see like the entire story. So I've been watching it every day like, like a Netflix show.
3: Hmm. <laughs> I kind of want to say that you're corny for the, all this, but at the same time, like, Just I a have my bit own corny list level. <laughs> I have my own corny stuff that I'm into, so I'm just going to disregard it because it's like, I, if everybody's got that thing that you're like, I'm, okay, I'm into this, and I could give a shit what other people say. Like, I'm totally just 100% full bore into this. I could care less. Right. Um, but yeah, for I, I just never understood. Like, I guess the, the RPG style of games, the only one I really, and Keith and I went over this last time, Dragon Warrior was the only one that I ever really played And it was just so confusing to me. I was like, like when you went to fight people, you, you had a selection. It was like fight, run, sword, potion. I was like, fuck this. Where don't I, there's no punch. What the fuck?
2: Like like, like video games, like we've seen it. The video games have grown, have like getting, gotten so like insane over the years, you know, now it's just like complicated. Like, you know, I'm, I'm used to like the Mario brothers and like, you know, yeah. (laughs) Double dragon. That was my shit
0: i've tried playing Fortnite. uh i tried playing that last year and it's you know you're fighting but they're like you're falling through midair and building an entire house around you while like while you're falling (laughs) i don't i have no idea how people do that i i i I gave up it's not for me (laughs) i told you there's
3: one of the one of the kids at my school is like ranked nationally for that right really yeah There's like a kid at my school. He's got like a YouTube video or a YouTube channel, a Twitch channel. He like makes money from him and everything. He's like, he he goes to like these tournaments and shit like that. He's really, really good.
0: (laughs) That's great. I wish that was my career. He's also 11. (laughs)
2: <laughs> dude, you young kids they love to watch those videos of other people playing games it's like why don't you play the game no I'm just gonna watch yeah. a video of these people playing the game like what dude, dude That's a it's weird
0: I'm, <laughs> I, I'm like that now like on my lunch mm-hmm. break someone will be like hey I'm gonna live stream myself playing Quake the original one and I'm like oh great and I'll like sit there wa- watching it <laughs> oh, while eating oh, lunch really I dude I <laughs> it's fucked it's you know, it, up it's, it
3: really bugged me was uh, my daughters I've I, we got them iPads, I guess about a year ago. And I remember they were sitting there the one day and they have, there's like a, you know, YouTube and then there's kids YouTube. So they were on kids YouTube. And I was like, wow, they, they were like really engrossed. In it. And I'm like, what are you guys watching? I'm thinking it's going to be something like vaguely education. I'm like, maybe it's like an animal planet video or something like that. They're literally watching other kids <laughs> unbox toys and open and play with toys. I'm like, there's fucking two thousand oh, yeah. dollars worth of toys right there in the same room <laughs> you're sitting in and you won't play with them The one time i saw evelyn playing or watching a video of somebody playing with toys that she already fucking had she has them they're in the same room she's sitting in and she's like
1: yeah, yeah. but it,
3: they're telling a story and it's like literally uh, they're they're just they're just saying like dumb dial like little kid coming up with like i'm ariel the mermaid and i'm gonna go and fly and i'm like uh, you gotta be kidding me you're spending time watching this
0: <laughs> I, I know it's great I, I do it too it's it's weird i can't explain it it just <laughs> it just it just happened
2: <laughs> i looked over my shoulder at my daughter watching it i'm like are you just watching somebody play the game why don't you play the game Yeah. she's like no yeah. I like doing this it's cool yeah <laughs> yeah tell yeah. me Less how, effort how, old, how old are your kids now
3: so, uh, the twins are six and then, uh, Estelle is seven months yesterday. Oh, wow. Yeah. That's
2: great. What about your, what about you have a daughter, right, TJ? You have two. don't oh, you two daughters. Yes. I got two of these things. Uh, wow. <laughs> one's uh, a old. teenager, right? Yes. One's 14 and one. <laughs>
0: <laughs> that is. Yeah. Boy, time flies, doesn't it? Yeah. They're like people. It's nuts. <laughs> <laughs> so TJ. Tell us how you first got into hardcore and some of the initial bands who made an impression on you.
2: Man, how I first got into hardcore. Goodness. Yeah. Me. Okay. So I'd say about fifth grade, um, I started, you know, classic. I started listening to like, it. was like 90, 1994. I remember I bought my first CD. It was like Green Day and Weezer. Was it Dookie? Blue yeah. Green Day, Dookie, Weezer, Blue Album. Yeah, I, mean, I think that if I didn't like get those two CDs at the time, my life would have been different. I mean, I probably would have found it later, but it just it helped shape really like everything. I was like, oh, this is great, <laughs> people are angry, this is awesome. Um, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, it probably started with like Nirvana, too. Nirvana was in there. Um, there was three bands that was like, I was really never like into music much before. Like, oh, mm-hmm. uh, okay, like my mom, like. I remember, like, listening to, like, or hearing my mom, like, play the Bee Gees and, like, uh, Bruce Springsteen. She was big into Bruce Springsteen, but it was never really my thing. I was, like, more like a uh, just play, like, hang out with my friends outside, play in, like, you know, like, the Creek or, like, you know, just, like, play Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles or some bullshit. Like, I never really got into music, you know? Yeah. And, uh, I don't know, fifth grade, I was just, like, some of my friends that I looked up to were, like, hey, you sh- we're-, we're listening to this. You should listen to it. I'm, like, yeah, all right. <laughs> But, I mean, I heard it, and I was like, this is just life-changing for me. I just, There's something about it. I just was in it, you know? Uh, yeah,
0: same for stuff. me. And, uh, you know, getting into the—I would say seeing a show really cemented it for me. Because yeah. one, it was, like, such a crazy, scary experience, unlike anything I've ever seen. Once once that happened, I was like, this is it. I'm, I'm in.
2: But, I mean, Hardcore, uh, you've mentioned this—this this person's been mentioned twice on the show already. Uh, Rich Arnold— yeah. Uh, Rich and I became friends. <laughs> Rich and I became friend. um, it's crazy. <laughs> yeah, It's great. Um, one of the best dudes I've ever met in my entire life. I mean, like, if I really if I didn't, if our paths didn't cross, I really don't know where my life would have went. I mean, this guy is like, you know, when I get in, gotten hardcore music, just meeting people, anything like he got me out of my shell. You know, I was like this little it's like this little scrawny kid, shy kid, didn't really talk to anybody. I met him, and he was like, "We're gonna go do this. We're doing this. We're gonna like this." You know, you know what I mean? Yeah, it was crazy. And so he was the first one, really. I think it was like Gorilla Biscuits. It was like, mm-hmm. he "Go check this band out," right? And then I was like, "This is great. This is cool." And he's like, "Yeah, there's like people that you know form bands around our area and like you know throw on shows and play this kind of music." I was like, "What?" He's like, "Yeah, you're gonna come with me." I was like, "All right, cool." So, I mean, we were just hanging out. We were just boys, you know what I mean? We were just hanging out all the time. Um, and we would go to shows, and that's like, you know, Life, sick Life and Scarred for Life, like Migliacci and, um, you know, like Luke. Like, those were, like, gods to me, you know? they, yeah. they were like, I was a 13-year-old, 14-year-old kid going to these shows for the first time, just seeing these kids just, like, not give a shit about what anybody else thought and just doing what they felt they wanted to do and they, that they enjoyed, you know? And it seemed like they really enjoyed it. I didn't have anything like that in my life, you know, something like a, a community like that. Um, and it was just really appealing to me. Um, and I wanted more of it. I was in, you know, we were like, we would lo- we would search out shows to go to and, and just go, you know, that's all we did. I mean, this is like late 90s where We're like, you know, there's, you gotta remember, there's no social media. There's no distracting things like that. We were looking for stuff to do, you know? Yeah.
3: You guys are like eighth, eighth and ninth grade, right?
2: Yeah, of course yeah remember you would go
0: to corrupted image and like see the show flyers and that's how you would find out about shows yeah
2: i mean (laughs) for a while while, honestly dude rich like i was just like rich was just take i took me under his wing you know what i mean he was like we're just gonna do all this stuff and i was like this is great (laughs) you know
0: yeah and i i identify with that a lot because that was basically my exact experience but with but with pat mccormick you know, yeah. Because I I was like super shy. I wouldn't talk to anybody. I was like just really in my shell. And he kind of got me involved in stuff. And we went to shows all over the place: North Jersey, South Jersey, Philly, uh, Bucks County, everywhere. So <laughs> when great. Vadim when Vadim was on the show, he told this incredible story of how a life once lost first started, where he just randomly saw you playing drums. <laughs> And then immediately yeah. approached you and was like, "Hey, you want to be started band?" Now give us
2: give us your pers- perspective yeah, on man. that because so I'll bring it I'll bring it back a little bit. Um, my yeah. So I was like, I, you know, I heard Green Day, Weezer, and obviously, and I was like, "This is cool music." And then my I have an uncle, and he is a really good musician. And um, he I was at his house one time, and he was just like had this drum set set up, and I was like, "What is going on here with this?" I must have been like tw- 11 or twelve, mm-hmm. and um. You know, he just starts ripping on it. And I'm like, all right, that's what I'm going to do. Because it just like, it just like got right in. I was like, this is so badass. Like, what a furious sound this guy is making. Um, and I just, I was hooked on it, man. You know, it's, <laughs> I, so I got my first drum set maybe when I was like thir- 12, 13 for Christmas. Like I told my mom immediately after I saw him play, I was like, mom, I want a drum set. I'm I'm playing drums. She got me lessons. I did all that. Mm-hmm. Um,
0: Tell us about learning to play drums first, too, okay. because that I want to know how you specifically learned. Because that's one I'm interested in.
2: That man, uh, yeah. I mean, my uncle was just a, the huge influence for me, and um, my mom. I begged her. And I just got lessons. I was playing on like phone books for like the first couple <laughs> months until Christmas came and I got my first drum set. Um, but I only took like one year of basic lessons, and I was just so like into it that uh, you know I did it real quick. I was a quick learner, and the guy was like, "Yeah, I can't really." teach you anything else unless you want to come back and like take like jazz or swing and i was like yeah i'll do that and i just never went back i uh i I I just joined a band you know i started playing in bands and that's just like where i I was just having fun doing that you know
0: yeah were you was the life ones less your first band or were, were there other bands before that
2: uh there was a little i mean you know you have you have bands when you're when you're younger and in like high school Like i had like a some like you know f- uh fuck the government fucking uh punk rock bands you know what I mean <laughs> called like oh yeah I think yeah. the band was actually called fuck the government actually like I f- love that dg fuck duh, government like we were cool you know what I mean so <laughs> uh, <laughs> and then there was a band called like we still play with toys that I played in with my uh my stepbrother who wasn't my stepbrother at the time but he became my stepbrother um and then no like Sauce was the real first band that I was in for sure and that was like I was just doing it because it was fun you know and then uh, when I joined that band, it was like I was—I met Vadim first of all, you know. And right. oh, wait—that's what we were talking about. He tells a different the story. So, so, give us
0: your version of the Vadim story. In okay. his version, he—he <laughs> he hears you playing drums, and he's like, "Holy shit, who is yeah, this?" Like, and he instantly happened. approaches you, and he's like, "Hey, let's start a band."
2: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, definitely that happened. Um, but I—I I remember it a little differently, so. I remember I don't remember him coming up to me. Um after me playing, I definitely remember playing. Um man, I begged my mom to give me li- lessons from Luke too. Yeah. I had a different teacher. Uh but Luke was like my god. Like I so I would go to watch like Luke play and be like, "Oh my god, this guy is such like a beast behind the kit, you know."
0: Yeah, uh, he was our Chris Penny. He was
2: incredible. Yeah. <laughs> Totally. That's, yeah, exactly. That's, that's how I felt until I yeah. met Chris Penny and started watching him play, but we'll get into that later. Um, <laughs> man. Uh, so I remember Rich and I were like, let's go to Taco Bell. We were at the YMCA or whatever. And uh, uh, let's go to Taco Bell. And we were just, we were always there because we were like, you know, vegetarian, cool, yeah. cool thing to do back in the day, you know. <laughs> um, and we started walking and I remember Vadim uh, catching up to us later like, towards, like, you remember, do you know where Trenton Road is?
1: Yeah,
0: yeah. Yeah, like,
2: right there. That's where I remember him catching up there. But maybe, you know, he's right, maybe I'm wrong. Who knows? Yeah. But that's that's
0: ago. incredible, because, you know, do you ever th- do you ever think about how crazy it is, like, that that day kind of changed the whole course of events in your life? Because, you know, he, he hears you play, and he approaches you, and he's like, I have to be in a band with you. Like, the only things people have ever approached me about are,
2: like, to ask me to calm down or to please leave somewhere. <laughs> <Like>. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, man. I mean, I don't really, I mean, at the time I didn't really think much of it, but now, you know, looking back like that was definitely the thing, you know, I met Vadim like Vadim, like I always, it's funny. I always t- say like, he's the reason that I play music because I mean, I was playing drums and enjoying it. But when I got in a band with Vadim we started Life Once Lost and like, he was the one that like built my confidence. He was like, dude, you're great. Let's go, you know, let's run these parts. Like, you know what I mean? He boosted my confidence. Like you can actually fucking do this thing, you know?
0: Yeah, and you could. I re- I remember specifically a life once I was playing in my parents' house <laughs> when you were still in the band early on, and my dad and his friends were just really impressed with yeah. you specifically. They- I remember them asking me like, "Who is that?" Who my mom was? My mom called you the little drummer boy. Yeah, it was they like were- the little guy. Yeah, it was like this yeah. scrawny. <laughs> I was like
2: this little scrawny dude, you know. And yeah, man, <laughs> I was scrawny. Tell- until- I was scrawny until I was eighteen. Let's be honest. Yeah. <laughs> <It>
0: was- <laughs> I was scrawny until about three
2: years ago. Right. (laughs) Um, Yeah. I
0: I finally caught up with myself. Man, you know,
2: 22, like we, uh, that one of the tours that Benin mentioned too, when we were on tour in Canada, um, I remember setting up my drum set or whatever and uh, hearing somebody in the audience being like, what's this kid going to do, you know? (laughs) And then I remember being like, you know what, I'm going to fucking show this dude. (laughs) And I remember like, uh, just ripping it because of that. You know, just, that's you know, just like going extra hard because oh yeah, I'll show you. You know, yeah, did, I was did like 110 pounds soaking wet. You know, like is, yeah, he's right, he's right. What am I going to do? And I look like I'm 12. You know, at that point. <laughs> you uh, that's what always <laughs> that's what always killed me. So uh,
3: I remember, I think it was a Life Once Lost first show uh, that Bob was at. I remember Bob had booked audience of one and somebody else. It was like out in Lansdowne or something like that. That
2: was and the and first show uh, we we played our first show. Uh, with you guys at the that, oh you know, really? Lansdowne. Yeah, the audience one was the first show that we played. That that oh, Fr- uh, Lansdowne Friends School show, yeah, BJ and all that. Well, yeah, <laughs> that dude, that fi- yeah. fire down below, dude. Yeah, uh, I know, so I loved I loved hearing the episode of Vadim because he's talking about how it happened. I don't even remember that. I didn't I didn't know that Vadim just called him it was like, hey, we're gonna play this show. Can we play? You know, <laughs> I didn't. You know. I, I thought I thought we were just you know <laughs> crazy.
3: Yeah, I just remember seeing you being like. Yeah, they hired like a child to be in this band. <laughs> this is like a this is like a child. Like there's like a little kid here. Like.
0: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. TJ, let me ask you a question. Did you find that people treated you like a child a lot because you looked so so young? Because mm-hmm. I had this experience. I I was really young looking and really scrawny as well. And I think people thought I was a lot younger than I was. So it just it just made me it just made things really awkward for me growing up for a while. Did you have a similar experience?
2: Uh, of course, and I was the young guy. You know, I was the young one. Yeah, uh, especially in all life once lost, I was the young dude. Um But yeah, I definitely, I would, yeah, I got yeah, the all the time, and like you know, getting picked on and stuff like that. I never got bullied in school, but I got picked on, like you know, through people I've yeah. been in bands with for sure. They gave it to me.
3: <laughs> oh my god, I yeah. was actually thinking about this. I, I, I was thinking about, about this. Tom at- Tablet, man, come on. <laughs> <laughs> Last night, I remember. I I was sitting, I was sitting outside last night and I was like getting stuff together in the garage and I was like, I'm like thinking about stuff I'm going to talk about with TJ and I was like, TJ, all right, what's some stuff I want to talk about? I was like, oh, can we bring up ball taps? Like, should I talk about like, (laughs) that was like one of those things that like tapping everybody in the balls was like a a, a very big, like pastime for a for. A, a lo- way too long let's put it that way I, yeah. I don't know how long it went on <laughs> for but it got to the point where I remember standing other places that weren't hardcore shows or I wasn't out with like Doug or Bob or somebody and I would be covering like my like like my zipper <laughs> and people would, people would be like are you okay and I'm like yeah, yeah. And they're like dude you're like kind of like hovering over your junk you're right? and I'm like oh yeah I forgot that this is how you just have to stand when you're around my friends because if you don't Someone will hit you in the balls.
2: <laughs> I was, was uh, telling my girlfriend this story the other day, actually last night, and uh, she was just like, "What?" She just didn't get it at all. It went right over her.
0: <laughs> it was a terrible era. I lived in fear, and, and just I remember running down the street of some neighborhood o- away from McGonagall, like just trying.
2: <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! Yo, <laughs> we used to-, to play. We used to practice in his mom's fucking basement. That was our oh, time. yeah. That was yeah. where we oh, wrote, yeah. We wrote like all that stuff in his mom's basement like that was such a cool hookup, I man. she was cool as shit oh like, yeah dude. like what she's still it, lives like, in M- the mike house in there like mike wasn't even there we would just show up and she'd be like okay hey guys here to play music you know wow i yeah. had no idea yeah, yeah that's man. cool that was our spot for a while i mean yeah. after we got out of doug's like we were in doug's house uh for a while actually when the band first started rich and i used to catch the bus from the oxford valley mall Mm-hmm. Uh, take it to trevos and then walk all the way up to where like you know george's music used to be where doug used to live over there yeah yeah Dad or whatever um so you know I we, lived would just, for- we, we would get to doug's house and i would we would just be covered in ticks like oh, we, would, God. we would like lift our legs pant legs off, because we'd have to walk through the side of the road you know
0: yeah right on that, that main road so tell us about being in a life once lost give us give us some uh significant memories that you experience.
2: Um, man, there was a lot there. Uh, yeah, I mean, when we first started out, it was like just a fun thing to do, you know. Yeah, and really, we were just a bunch of kids just in a basement, just making music because we had the similar tastes, you know. And then it'd be kind of like we, once we got Bob and we played a couple shows, it was like, okay, well, all our friends are doing this anyway, so we're just gonna keep doing it, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, and And I remember, so of, there, I remember there was some buzz at least
0: for me i think in general because i you know bob had been bob had started booking shows in that area and i was like oh bob is singing for a band and that's how right. i first that's how i first met all you guys cuz i i had never met you or rich or or vadim i think or anybody in the band and i remember your first shows and i was like wow these guys are really bringing it cuz my frame of re- reference was this day forward and at the time it was pretty straight away hardcore but you guys you guys were much more technical. So I was like, "Whoa, look at this."
2: Yeah, man. I think that was um I mean, Vadim just was constantly writing stuff and then Doug was just such a great guitar player. They just kind of like went, built off of each other really well, you know. Right. Um I don't know. It's kind of it's crazy to talk about cuz it was so long ago. It doesn't it seems like another life that I lived, you know. Is <laughs> <It's laughs> it
3: isn't it weird that like, you think about that and you go, uh, like I was talking about something. Oh, no, no. Uh, we had just put the audience of one thing on, on the, the Instagram page, mm-hmm. and Keith goes, was this from 98 or 99? And I was like, fuck, that was 21 years ago.
2: <laughs> oh, it's insane. Yeah. You know, that's insane. Yeah, that's crazy. I mean, audience, when we played that show after the at the, uh, what was it? Uh, Lansdowne oh, Lands- Land- Friends. We met, yeah. we met you guys, and then I met you know, we all met each other. That was the first time I met pretty much anybody that wasn't, you know, Bob, Vadim, Doug, Rich, uh, for the first time, really. Instead of uh, other, other than seeing like this day forward play, you know, it was terrible, yeah. like because everybody we're all friends. Everybody was there anyway, you know. Yeah. So, um, how did it feel playing that remember, first? Like I remember I met Anthony. Anthony like came up to me doing a cartwheel in front of me and like trying to like kick me or something like that. <laughs> like, that's how I met this guy. Like who <laughs> the fuck is this kid? you know, classic insane. Um, so, so how did it feel playing that
0: first show? Were you like, Oh man, this is it.
2: I don't even remember. Honestly. I mean, I, I don't remember playing the show at all, but I remember being fun. We were playing a show. It was cool. I didn't think anything of it, you know? Yeah. Like, uh, I didn't really start thinking I was good at playing the drums. Like I didn't even know I was just doing it for fun. You know, I didn't know. until somebody came up to me at a show, a life once Lost show and they were like, dude, you you're sick. I'm like, Maybe I am sick. Maybe, maybe I am pretty good at this. I don't know, you know? It took me yeah. a while to even, like, click in with that, that I was, like, doing something that people actually liked. I was just doing it for myself for a while, you know? Just hanging out with my friends, writing some music, having fun, you know?
0: Yeah, and I like that because I, I wish... I wish I had approached it more as just like a fun thing, because for me, it was like, this is what I'm going to do. This is what I have to do. Like, this is this is going to define my whole life. So there are specific moments I remember, like learning, learning the songs in my first band and the first show and like the first record. It was just like all so important to me.
2: See, I don't remember you being playing. I didn't know that you played for a while. I thought you were just a guy who was just always there.
0: <laughs> yeah, you know? I think that I think that's the general consensus because yeah. I didn't get in. I didn't get into bands until later. I, I was always trying. I was like trying to weasel my way into stuff, but I I didn't. I not think I was in my first band until I was twenty four. So you were in a life once lost up until I guess Fourth Plague era.
2: Yeah, it was like two thousand three, I think, or uh, two thousand two. Yeah. Um, I was it was like right before I graduated high school, I remember that. Yeah. Or it might have been earlier than the two thousand.
0: So why did you leave? Did you did you just want to pursue something else or uh
2: there was uh some personal stuff that was going on. I mean it was uh, you know, Veneem described it too, like the kind of the scene in that band, like uh, or just the, the vibe in that band, it, it be it became way less enjoyable and fun. Uh and it became more like of a like uh, I don't know. Just uh, bad vibes. You know what I mean. I don't want to. I'm not. I don't want to talk bad on anybody or anything like that. Um, right. But it was just not a good environment to be around. And uh, there was some personal stuff that happened between me and another member, and uh, I just couldn't really be in it anymore. Honestly, I just couldn't do it. So I wanted right. to do it. I really wanted. I enjoyed it. We were actually writing some really really sick shit that I'm actually upset that they didn't continue doing because then they changed their, they got their new members and they changed to like that, you know, a great artist sound. Uh, yes. Which is amazing too. That's probably my favorite. All i life once lost record, by the way. Um, just it, that's a, my part, favorite though. Yeah. It <laughs> is. It's just banger after banger and it's unbelievable. Um, <laughs> so you are writing material,
0: not like a great artist.
2: Um, no, bef- no it, was, uh, it was like a progression of like the fourth plate flies. And we started doing like the like metallic uh uh metallic stuff like um blast beats and like you know
1: mm-hmm.
2: we, were, we were writing some like, i think as the sunsets was a big influence we were like oh yeah writing a, yeah. yeah that band was just incredible we were we heard some things and we got bob carpenter in the band and then we had doug and bob carpenter like what a force that is you know what I mean? Yes. those two go those two dudes unbelievable um so we were just like going out of our minds just writing exactly what we wanted to be like fast but also we still had those breakdowns and there was like two or three songs I think we wrote that were super sick and I just couldn't continue doing it I always wish that they just that we recorded them or um, you know that Justin did or whatever but man those no one will ever hear them you know and I can't even yeah. remember what they sound like <laughs> <laughs> they were sick I'm telling you <laughs> Crazy. We,
0: gotta, we gotta get everyone back together and somehow recreate them yeah, are you are you down with
2: that? I'm down with that, but what I do want, I'm more down for the this day forward unit, honestly.
0: Well, I don't know if you've heard all the podcast episodes, but I'm I'm pushing for it in every
2: single one that I can. I think that we've all been pushing for it since they brought yes. up, honestly. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I actually saw I watched the video of um the last show at the at the church, and I'm yeah. like right there. There's like a, I'm like right there in the middle. I'm so young, but I look the same. But I'm so young. <laughs> <laughs> <Crazy>. <laughs> Yeah.
0: So once you left the Life Once Lost, what was your what was your next band? Was it halfway to Holland?
2: Um so what was that? Yeah, I was so yeah, I started playing with my friends. Um you know, and that's the thing too. You kinda like bad things go, you know, start happening with the band, you're kinda like into you know, not into it really, and then you meet these other kids in high school that you go to high school because they were all macheminy the the kids, Life Once Lost, you know. Except for yeah. Rich. And um, you know, I was just in high school, I met some, I had my friends and we were like playing like, uh, some rock and stuff, some indie stuff. And, um, that's kind of what I just got more into, you know? Yeah. Um, and that, that honestly came from like hanging out with Anthony, man. Like he, sh- like he showed me braid for the first time and that totally changed my life. Mm. Um, and you know, we just were, we were just, we I new. I was looking for friends to play with and yeah, I just quit that band and started doing that. Whole time and then I think I joined Zoloff shortly after. Uh, okay, because Peter had been doing it. Peter was point yeah, oh, that's
1: right.
2: Yeah, wait. So Peter was in Zoloff, dude. It was crazy. Peter was in Audience of One at some point. uh Really? Was he really? Yeah. Peter was in Audience of One for a minute. Yeah. Um, and then I was in half. We were doing halfway to Holland, and we he was in Zoloff, and we were doing Zoloff. It was like we were just like, what other bands can we be in and start? <laughs> like you know I mean, like any more or less play all the time. You know, it was crazy. Like it was nuts. <laughs> um, so yeah. Were you the,
0: were you the drummer for Zoloff the whole time?
2: Uh, no. So the first record that Anthony's singing on, mm-hmm. uh, that is like one of Vince's friends, like Bob, I think. Let's say mm-hmm. it's Bob. Um, that is not me on that record. But I played on a the record Jalopy uh, Go Far, mm-hmm. uh, a couple of songs, and Tommy T actually played. Uh, drums on those a couple of those songs too oh okay
0: see I had no idea you were even in that band at any point
2: yeah man it's it's crazy like if if you think about our area as a whole well that area I don't want to say our area but uh, you know that that lower bucks county area man it's crazy like I could just name the bands that have come there and like the the members that have like you know shifted or been in different bands it's nuts like
0: (laughs) it's an insane melting pot of of talent, Dude. just so, just so many good bands and so many good players, and that's that's part of the reason we feel like we need to do this podcast because it's
2: like, yo, I think it's it's special. It was, yeah. it was, and uh, you know, we were just at the time we didn't know we were just going about it. Exactly, that's what we did, you know. Yeah, you guys so, going to the Blue Fountain Diner? Of course. Oh yeah. Yes. Yeah. That was there a- was
0: the there was the Blue Fountain Diner, and then there was a a slow migration to. The Great American in Langhorn, yeah. <laughs> and yeah. then they opened the Ben Salem one, and for, that was the that was it. That was the end. That's where yeah. everybody went. Mm-hmm.
2: Oh, but because,
3: but at that time, once the uh, the one in Ben Salem opened, most of us, I think, ended
2: up. With the, there was a good chunk of us that were twenty one, and oh yeah. Drink. yeah, yeah yeah <laughs> It's funny. I I've, think I've, that was I, the thing I, to do. You just go to diners and just hang out. Like we didn't go to to the Shaw's house, listen to music or like, you know, drive around, listen to music, like go to the Blue Fountain Diner and just hang out and talk. Like that's
0: what you do before you're 21. So I've done, I've gone full circle. I went from diner life to getting effed up life back to diner life. Yeah.
2: (laughs) 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 Yeah, that's true. Yeah.
0: Yeah. And I love it. So tell us about... I'm trying to trace your trajectory here. So we have Halfway Man, I, to Holland. Now why why did Halfway to Holland end? Were you in it till the end?
2: Uh I was in it till the end, yeah. Um yeah. that was a band that I kinda like drafted everybody, you know. Like I picked I you know, I picked people that I went to, to high school that I've known forever. Like Peter I knew since I was like in fifth grade. Mm-hmm. Even earlier than that. Like our parents would get us together and we would have like play dates and shit like that, I remember. <laughs> wow. Um, yeah. Like so I knew him forever and I knew he would be good at it. And I was like, hey man, we're gonna be in a band. He's like, nah, and I'm like, Yeah. <laughs> <'Cause> <laughs> I, I know you could do it, you know. It just took me a while to get him to, to get together, you know. Yeah. Uh, I met another group of friends too, and I met this guy Colin. He played uh bass really well. Um and then uh my buddy Joe, who is in Hopalong, Sure, you guys know that, band. Um I saw. It's funny. So there is three middle schools uh, where I grew up in Yardley um, that like share the same campus kind of thing. Like you can see each school from, you know, across the field. Mm-hmm. And so I would have gym class, and I'd be, you know, what am I going to do? Run, play? You know, I'm, I'm hanging out. Uh, so I'm looking across the field and I see this tall guy and I can tell it's a Ramon shirt and I can tell he's wearing a leather jacket. I can tell he only has one other friend that they're not participating in gym either, you know? <laughs> uh, and I'm like, who's that guy? That's a fucking punk rock guy over there. And he's super tall, you know? And then those three middle schools, they join, uh, you know, when you, you go to high school, there's one big high school, Pennsbury high school. Yeah. And maybe like two months into it, I see him and I'm yo, you're the guy. And he's like, yeah, maybe. <laughs> I'm like, oh, you're the punk rock guy. I was like, I play drums. What do you play? He's like, I play guitar. I was like, all right, we're going to be in a band. He's like, okay, that's cool. <laughs> and so it just, it was just, I just formed a band out of like, nothing really, you know, just like I knew these people would be good at it and I wanted to do something different that wasn't metal. You know, just, it kind of fucking just worked out really well. You know, we were,
0: Yeah, and half, Halfway to Holland were it was a it was a good band. I I wasn't going to shows a lot around that time, but I re- I remember seeing you guys once or twice. And yeah, you guys were popular in the area. And of course, we know Pete went on to to be in some some good bands, and you and I think everybody and all three people in that band.
2: Yeah, I'm mean, uh, Pete and um, Joe and Colin uh, formed Algernon Cadwallader. Yeah, um, yeah. So that's the big filligan. And now they're like this, you know, they're a great like underground band that people know they have this great underground following.
0: Oh yeah. They're always cited in like those emo revival articles. Yeah. And, and mm-hmm. I think they had a, a big influence on a lot of bands in that era.
2: Listen, man, that's the thing too. Like Anthony show this is how it all goes back. Anthony showing me braid, me throwing yeah. those guys braid, us taking those like twinkly guitar tones, like you know, those you know, tapping and like twinkly guitar stuff. yeah That's where it all that's what we did, you know, and that's where Algernon did, like, that Midwest emo sound, you know?
0: Yeah. It's amazing right. that you can trace it all back to, like, Anthony showing you guys' brain. <laughs> like, you
2: <laughs> <know>? <laughs> I mean, yeah, he would, like... It. All right, so, we would... Back in the day, we would just pick each other up and just hang out. Like, what are you doing? I'm picking you up. We're going to go to Siren Records or whatever. And Ant- me and Anthony, Anthony would do that all the time. Yeah. And he would be... He played... I remember the the way the tape looks. I can't even tell you like i can remember i can i know what it looks like the cassette tape that says braid on it the way he wrote you know wow. oh yeah because
3: it's his, it's his dumb handwriting right, and
2: yeah.
3: <laughs> he, he, and it's uh, the other thing is uh did, did he pick you up in what color saab was it oh, it was a navy blue saab 900 baby cool did he crash yeah. it while you were in it no <laughs> but almost all right i've been in, i've been in four car accidents with anthony yeah. so <laughs>
0: mm-hmm. well um so tell <laughs> us so you played you played in an early iteration of Circus Survive, right? You were jamming with those guys when they were
2: first getting started? I did, I did. Um so also at the same time that I did that, uh, I was forming like Lions, the original uh like um members of like Lions, the original Okay. One. Um So at the same and I my my goal, my plan was to form this sick band and have all these great songs. Um it was kind of like the next level for like for more halfway to Holland left off. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, just the next level, uh, rock and roll kind of Midwest emo sound. Um, and, uh, and my, you know, I always wanted, since I met Anthony, I was like, I want to be in a band with this kid. You know, he's going to be great. Like what, uh, like, did any of us not know that he was going to be like this great <laughs> singer? You know what I mean? Like it was just, you just knew, you know what I mean? It's true.
0: I, I remember seeing an audience of one in the early days, and just, just Anthony's interac- interactions with people and how people responded to him, you could, you could just tell there was, like, there was yeah. something there. So by the time it got to Circus Survive forming, I think everyone in Bucks County made a play to get into that band, myself included.
2: <laughs> you made a play. <laughs> See, I was, uh, I was asked. I don't know. Um, I think we were just hanging out when he was back, and he yeah. showed me a demo. Uh, like the original demo, that song that I played on, uh, was just like Colin playing it. And, uh, it's like, this is great, man. I was like, you're not going to go back to California, right? <laughs> you're going to do this. <laughs> and, uh, you know, I, I would like to think that I pushed him in the direction of staying. Um, mm-hmm. but, uh, yeah, man, he just, you know, they just asked me to play and I did. Um, and I was all about it. I was like, this is finally, you know, finally, we're going to do this thing. And and I get to be in a band with Colin. Oh, and Brendan's going to possibly be in it. And like, this is crazy. Like all these people I look up to, you know, that I always want to play music with. Um, yeah. So we got together. We were like, we're just like jamming and stuff. And, um, we recorded that one song with Vince. I think some other guy played bass. I can't even remember his name. Um, I don't even think I was there when he did it. We just like, kind of just jumped in and just did that one song. And then that was it for them. That's all they needed, you know? Yeah. And it was, it was cool. I'm, I'm glad to be a part of it. And people are like, oh, you weren't circus Survival." I'm like, not really. No, <laughs> you know, <laughs> I wasn't really in it. like, I just, I, I wanted to be in it. I, I, you know, I really, I really did, you know, but uh, yeah. I, you know, just wasn't, wasn't uh, in the cards for me. I guess. Right. But also at the same time, I did like lines too. And we did, we did at the same, like, you know, at the same time we were starting both things. Um and the like lines thing just kind of took off right after I was not uh, going to go forward with a uh, circa.
0: And th- I think that must've softened it a bit, right? Because
2: now for, for me
0: being in a, b- all I wanted was to be in a band and, and be in a band I liked. And it was like the most important thing in the world to me. For and sure. I've, I've, I've done like two tryout things. One went bad and one went okay. And I ended up in the band, but like, I could not handle rejection at that time. So, you know, had I been in that situation, I probably would have just completely crumbled. However, I- you, I mean, just ending up in Like Lions right away must have softened the blow because th- those were the two bands in the area. Those were it, Circus Survive and Like Lions. And you were a part of both of them.
2: Damn. Yeah, I guess so. Um, <laughs> I didn't know what that, I mean... <laughs> Shit, man, I would say this day forward is up there though, you know, too. But that's,
0: they were broken up at that point.
2: Yeah, that's very true. Very true. Yeah. But um, man, I don't know. Yeah, I guess you're right. I, you know, I'm not looking at it like that. But the whole, yeah,
0: because from an outsider perspective, I can tell you, I was in a my first band. Stylistically, it wasn't exactly what I wanted to be doing. And I looked at Circus Survive, and I looked at Like Lions, and I looked at you guys playing together, and I was like, God damn! Like, I wish I could be doing that. Like that, Actually, like
2: Lions, like Lions ended up playing the first Circus Survive show at
0: Northport. Yeah. yeah, that's the exact show I'm referencing. I was like, yeah. I need to be. I was like, I need to be on that. I need to be part of that.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that shit was wild. What is Wild Time? What year was that? It was like 2004? Four. Four. Oh yeah. shit, that's crazy. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, man. I just I didn't even really think about that, but yeah. So I mean, I guess the downfall of like, you know, I always wanted to play. Uh, you know, in a band with Anthony and um, it just, you know, it's kind of, I guess if I didn't have the band, I probably would, it probably would have hit me harder. I mean, yeah, for sure. But I, I was doing, I was like doing both things at the same time. So it was kind of, all right, well, I'll do this, you know? And yeah. actually the first like lines demo is like four songs and Anthony uh, showed up at uh, Skylight Studios when we were doing it.
1: Mm-hmm. And
2: this was after like, I had known that I wasn't going to be in it. And I remember, it's funny, it's probably an embarrassing story to tell, but I remember being kind of like, you know, I was a little pissed off, you know, and I kind of made him, I was like, you're going to sing. I was like, you're going to sing some backups on these songs. <laughs> you know, I was like, you, I, I think I said something to him. Like you owe me or something. <laughs> <laughs> and I remember Vince ratty. Like I remember Vince taking me outside and be like, why did you tell, why did you, why are you being a dick to Anthony like that? Or something like big, something like these are like, pieces of memories that I have, you know? Yeah. But I remember that happening, you know, and he's on two of those tracks because of that. Cause he just showed up, you know? <laughs> yeah. One of those
0: tracks is floating around on YouTube. I went back yeah. and listened to it and it's, it's incredible. It's so and good.
2: It, he does the ending to uh, cheap seats. And then he's also, uh, there's like a little thing on a sweet side. I think the song is called. Yeah. Um, but yeah, man, that's also a thing we used to do too, was just show up at Vince's. I don't know if any of you guys did that. Oh, yeah, I did. That. Yeah, yeah, that was fun. It's
0: it's awkward <laughs> thinking. It was awkward even back then. I remember showing up randomly when Bob was recording vocals for for uh, the first "A Life Once Lost" record, and it was oh, just wow. him there and Vince. And I felt really awkward. I was like, I feel like I'm in the way. Like, let's go.
2: <laughs> I remember uh, showing up for the State Forward" thing and seeing the uh, like Mike Shaw. You know, y'all we, we know Mike Shaw. Um, he had to have literally like a a cube like a block built around him was like foam so that he couldn't so he could like just like scream his balls off and not have to worry about anything like he couldn't see anything you know what i mean he was just yeah. this little like makeshift booth thing
0: <laughs> that's amazing
2: <laughs> just hearing the most like guttural like insane emotional screaming coming from like you know, the most humble dude you ever met in your life. Like <laughs> you know, Yeah, those first
0: two records when especially transient, like it's they're vicious, especially right. vocally.
2: I feel like this is a hardcore show. We haven't really talked about hardcore that much. No, it, it's yeah. not <laughs>
0: that, now uh for TJ and our and our lovely audience, this is not just for hardcore. Now we've okay. only talked we've only spoken to mainly hardcore people so far, but we yeah. wanna we wanna touch Every satellite area of uh, this music, whether it be hardcore or emo or post rock, you know, we're, we're we're just getting started.
2: Yeah, man. Because I'm not gonna lie, like the whole hardcore metal scene was like big for me, like uh, growing up, like in shaping who I was. But I, I, you know, I just had a it didn't really work out for me, man. And I didn't, um, I didn't get a good vibe from it, and uh, mm-hmm. I grew out of it pretty quickly. You know, after all this shit happened with Life Once Lost, I kind of just was like, you know, fuck that, and like. The scene too, like you know, like you guys were talking, what do you what is it called floor murdering? what is it floor floor punching oh or... crowd crowd killing crowd yeah. killing there it is, yeah, yeah yeah, 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 that shit, that was just like I'm like this scrawny kid, you know what I mean <laughs> it never really was my thing, it was like a bunch like i'm in I'm in this scene with me like all these tough guys who were just like getting into fights and stuff, and I'm just like, eh, I don't really fit in, you know, and I remember you know here's also a phony story too, um. I remember I bought my first Promise Ring CD at Mm -hmm. Hot Topic, okay, in the Oxford Valley Mall in front of Rich Arnold. How do you think he made me feel about buying a Promise Ring CD? Oh, (laughs) no. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, yeah, he ripped me a new one, but now you know what? Promise Ring is one of his favorite bands.
3: Yeah, and here's the thing. I saw him, uh, like, not that long ago. He was wearing a braid sweatshirt, so fuck him. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. It was just all, like, you
1: know.
3: Look, <laughs> but that was like the, There
2: was a what lot gonna, of that, especially when we. Yeah. were you could do cut your hair like fucking yeah. Mr. Spock. What are you going to do? What are you going <laughs> to cry? Are you going to cry, your <laughs> <friend>? <laughs> Yes, I am.
0: Everyone yeah. went through that, though. Like I discovered Texas is the reason, and that's when I made my great conversion to emo. And they were they were just a defining band for me, and still are. Good and word. I got well, away from yeah. hardcore for a while. I just didn't. There was too much violence in the scene and around philly and i just i you know it was just i didn't want to be
2: around it yeah man it wasn't me you know i love the, all the people i met and like you know i i have some friendships and you know that i st- from people that i met doing it you know still and uh i i love it but it just wasn't it wasn't for me man you know do you
0: listen to any newer hardcore bands i grew to love it again and i i love going to shows still and there's You're- there's not
2: Sorry to interrupt you. Uh, no newer hardcore bands, not really. I can throw on Calculating Infinity. I'll throw on American Verso. Yeah, um, I will throw on um, like those. That's pretty much. That's pretty much the classics Nowadays, stuff, Yeah, the yeah. classics. Yeah, the shit that makes me feel something. You know. Gotcha. Um, so let's only, talk honestly. I can only listen to like a couple minutes of it, and I'm done. I, I, <laughs> I need some melody. Give me melody. You know, first chorus. You know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs>
0: So let's talk more about Like Lions. Now this this was a band going places and you guys you guys had a major label contract at
2: one point, didn't you? We
0: did, we did.
2: Um so I had like started the band like Lions, the concept of the band Like Lions or like probably when I was doing halfway to Holland still. And uh Greg was in it, Greg Itzen, as you know. Who mm-hmm. Greg? Greg was uh, in on to one too. Greg was in uh, on to one, Greg was also in Days Away, which is another Fucking one of probably one of my favorite bands from the area. Oh yeah, Um, yeah, dude, they're so good. And I was, you know, I didn't know he could sing. (laughs) (laughs) uh, I had started this band. Actually, actually, they came out to me. They came to a halfway to Holland show. Him and Dan Kaplan. I don't know if you guys remember Dan Kaplan. Um, Yeah, Dan
0: Kaplan has uh, submitted a couple things to us um, to the site. Yeah.
2: Oh no, uh, there's two Dan Kaplans.
0: Are you talking about Dan Kaplan, who you were in a band with from Carousel?
2: Yes. It's that one, yeah. Okay, cool. All right, great. Yeah. great, right, cool. Because there's another Dan Kaplan. Uh, I think
0: it's that one. But anyway, continue.
2: Okay. <laughs> it's <laughs> a little confusing. Yeah. Um, uh, shit. So, yeah, we had started, like, it was just, they came up to, they came up to me at a halfway to Holland show, and they were like, we're going to be in a band with you. And it was Greg and Danny. And uh, I was like, okay, cool. And I was just, you know, yeah, let's play music, whatever. And Greg, I knew Greg from days away. And I was like, what are you going to do? He's like, oh, I'm going to play guitar and sing. And I was like, no way, I'm in. Let's do it. You know? <laughs> Um so but he uh went to the Navy uh at some point and the band kind of dissipated and I did all the rest of this stuff and then I had uh ran into uh Dan Kaplan randomly at like a Wawa and Yardley or something like that, and I saw him mm-hmm. and she was like, dude, Greg's back, and I was like, Get the fuck out of here. like, Yeah, man, Greg's back, let's play. And I'm like, All right. So we did that. Yeah, man. I mean, we just started playing again and uh you know that the whole thing, like we we formed the band. Um, and then we were like signed within all within like a year, I think. It was like a crazy timeline. Then we were broken up too, but, like all within like a year and a half.
0: Yeah. Nuts. So what happened? I mean, it's like major label contract. It'd be like, guys, we have to make this work no matter what just to fucking see what can happen. But like, what happened? Yeah,
2: that is true. Well, uh, you know, two of the guys couldn't get along with each other really. And there was some trauma there. And, um, you know, it was, it didn't, it sucked because it didn't really have anything to do with me. Yeah. Um but it kind of got ripped away from me in the process, you know what I mean? Like everything that I had built that I was going to do, you know, that I wanted, that I could see. Yeah. It uh, was kind of ripped away from me. And uh shitty.
0: Yeah, and th- th- just the fact that it's completely out of your control and yeah. you had such a hand in putting this together, I would be I would be furious personally.
2: Yeah, we got a fucking record deal from jive records i mean the guy who signed us jeff fenster was the he fucking signed britney spears backstreet boys like (laughs) Tribe called quest like ridiculous shit like you know actually when he he saw us um play a show i was like uh, we did a tour with the starting line um those guys were our managers actually matt and tom were our managers um from the starting line those guys and uh we played like a show at starland ballroom it's like a one of our last shows. And there was a bunch of labels Mm -hmm. there unbeknownst to us. Um, And Jeff just kind of came there on a whim. I think he was friends with our lawyer and our lawyer was like, yo, Jeff, you should come out and see this band because I think that you probably should do that. You know? (laughs) And he just came Mm -hmm. on a whim and uh, you know, he was, we were introduced to him after we played that show. And uh, he was like, write me a song and I'll, I'll come check you guys out in like a week or two. And a week or two go by after the tour. And we were, we wrote him a song. He comes, it, he comes to Yardley in a fucking guitar player's basement, and uh, you know, playing the song. And he's like, "This is great. Let me shake all your guys' hands. Play me that song two more times." Uh, and he's like, "I'm in." You know, and he was all wow. It's it crazy. It was such a a, a whirlwind of uh, everything was happening so fast for me in that band. That I didn't really like. I was just enjoying playing the music you know i wasn't worried about much else that was going to come from it you know what i mean i just yeah. knew we were good i knew that we were good i knew that i had to worry about that i knew i just wanted to enjoy myself you know? yeah um i remember a- outside after we like when he came to that practice and we were like talking to him outside he got a fucking call from Axel rose <laughs> <laughs> he's like this is actual, this is actual, i gotta take this i was like what the fuck is happening right now you know this is
0: nuts. I, I would my head would be swimming. I'd be like, "What, a, guys? What the fuck is going on?" Like, <laughs>
2: <laughs> I actually looked him up recently. I think he turned out to be like some kind of creep show. He probably was. He was like a senior vice president A and R over there, so you know. Yeah, I think you.
0: I think you have to be slimy to be a yeah. senior vice president I, of A and Like, it's part of the deal.
2: I remember one of the things, <laughs> do, like, one of the things he said to us at one time was like, "Yes, I did sign Britney Spears, and no, I did not f her." oh god yeah oh like that's like that's your
0: caveat to it we were like what (laughs) oh god whatever well so so what did you do after that the band's done it's like fuck we we had this thing like what what came after that
2: when i did when we did the like lines thing where so there was many renditions of like lines i don't know if you guys knew that there were like very uh different member lineups, you know what I mean? Yeah, I, I remember changing. after
0: the after the initial one, it was like 2007 or something, and Greg had another version of it, and it was like yeah. an old country thing.
2: And, yeah, exactly. Yeah. There was like four different versions of this name, of this band. I don't know why. Okay, so when we had started the one that was going to get signed, I was I had found out that my girlfriend was pregnant.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: Um, So I was going to have a kid. I knew I wanted to play music professionally. It was the one th- I didn't go to college or anything i didn't like i didn't take the prerequisites to get into college i knew i wasn't gonna do it you know mm-hmm. i i i wanted to play in a band i wanted to sign a, a label and put a record out so i graduated 2002 so by 2006 this is when all this was happening yeah um or no 2004 five 2005 Abel yeah. was born in 2005 it was just a lot man it was like uh man it's it's just it's a thing to like see your future like kind of like lined up like okay i'm gonna do this i'm gonna do this i'm gonna have a kid i got the girl i got the band this is great everything's gonna happen right yeah it kind of gets like ripped away from you with it like really and that has nothing to do with you you know yeah out of your control um it's devastating man it's like my dream was just pretty much ripped away from me overnight you know right Um, and I went into dark depression. I started using drugs and uh just being in a bad way and um eventually it led to um me and my ex-wifes uh split up and uh yeah man i I had a couple of really dark years after that um actually a lot of dark years. <laughs> it's been a while, so let's say uh two thousand seven, I think like lines was totally done two thousand seven, two thousand six, something like that. Mm-hmm. i'm horrible with timeline too Vadim's like such a sharp memory of like oh, <laughs> oh. i'm like i think it happened around this time yeah. uh, you know
0: you can approximate okay. it because Vadim's memory is is uncanny we, we un- can't can- all be held to that standard
3: yeah it's how about crazy. him being like yeah that's october 14th it was actually we were <laughs>
0: playing in long island
3: i'm like how the fuck does he remember this i don't even know what i had for <laughs> breakfast yesterday fuck, <laughs> he, he knows the day he broke
2: edge like that's insane yeah yeah dude he <laughs> fucking he fucking remembers everything it's <laughs> it's unreal sad. Yeah, so it's a, it was around that time, you know. <laughs> yeah. Um and then I probably didn't get my shit together until about like four years ago.
0: So yeah. it's been a so, while. So so for struggle. me there was a lot of there was a lot of dark years for me as well. Um yeah. two thousand six is when my longtime relationship ended, and then I was like, Well, I'm just gonna kinda do whatever I wanna do. And that continued to about 2010. And then 2010 was another level of, you know, just not caring and doing whatever I want to do. And that continued until about 2014. And that's when things got really bad. Now, when, yeah. when did we see each other? Remember when I was hanging out with Pat and we met up at Bailey's?
2: Oh, yeah. I do remember that. Yeah. That was now, was it? I was you guys were hanging out there and like somehow I caught wind of it. I was like, can I come? And you were like, yeah, we're here. Yeah. Or something yeah. Like. And
0: I remember you showed up, and and I was struggling, and I knew you were struggling because I had heard. And yeah. I was like, "Dude, how are you doing?" And you're like, "I'm good. I stopped." And I was like, "How? Like how?" Because <laughs> I I'm like, you were uh, like, "Yeah, I, think- I haven't I haven't done anything for like six months. I had never managed more than a couple of weeks." I was like, "How?" And I don't yeah, remember no, what don't, you
2: said. That was probably a lie, honestly. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, you uh, were high. Yeah, you were high.
0: Yeah, that's and the I would—that's
2: the move. No one knows, you know. No one knows. Yeah,
0: I'm—I'm I I'm just too, <laughs> too fucking honest. And I right. wish you would have told me because I was struggling. I—I I would have liked to have gotten high too.
2: Right, man. But I probably, th- <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> <laughs> 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 oh, man. Shit, uh, that's crazy. That's um, funny. It was just, yeah, yeah, man. I was a mess. I just didn't really give a shit. Like I, you know, I. I just didn't care. I was so depressed. It was just, it was something to just take my mind off of, you know, The you know, remember earlier when we were talking about how did you, how, how would you, like, how did you react when you weren't in Circa? Right. Yeah. So it was like, after I had lost like lines and all that too, I had really like, oh yeah, this fucking band that I was a part of is doing all these great things. And it's just continued to soar. You know, yeah. and now I'm watching that too. So that's just like, that's like digging into that too. <laughs> it was just a yeah, yeah. It's so I just felt really bad for myself, and I just was like, "Well, is was me." Kind of whole pity party thing. You know what I mean? And yeah. I had I had met a girl who was like, uh, you know, into the same kind of things that I was. So it just wasn't a good scene. And you know,
0: right? And I, I really identify with that because for so long i I was just really resentful and. I just never felt like I got my due because, you know, I was like, you know, I want to be in a band that sounds like how I want it to sound. Like I always felt like I was settling to a degree or, you know, I should have focused more on being in a band <clears throat> and not bothered with college or I should have did this. I should have did that. Whatever bullshit you tell yourself, you yeah. know, it's just like <laughs> um, so I went through a lot of that as well. So I, I know what you're talking about.
2: Yeah, it's just the it's just our brains trying to kill ourselves, man, you know.
0: Yeah, because it, it <laughs> it's it's all bullshit. Because it's I felt bullshit, I yeah. I felt like I was never a part of anything, and that you know I was owed this or that. But in reality, I'm in the middle of it. You know, right. I, I I was I was I was a part of it in my own way. So just because like, just because I wasn't in some band, it doesn't mean anything. Like my experience is my experience.
2: Right. Well, instead of it, the drugs use brought me to like instead of being like super happy and you know and proud of my friends it was like resentful and like oh, i should have been in this band and blah 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 you know exactly that's how i felt for a long time and i even like you know when i would i think when i was fucked up when i saw those guys i would say like stupid shit to them like embarrassing shit and like really, really regret and i don't even remember most of you know yeah um actually when i stopped doing and i uh, when i stopped doing drugs and i got clean and i did all you know i was doing really well uh, within that first year I went to Anthony invited me to see Circa and I was able to go it was like at the Fillmore and I was able to go because before like they would play and I'd be like
1: yeah
2: I'm not yeah. gonna go I'm just gonna sit here and feel bad for myself and get high you know <laughs> yeah um but I was able to go and like you know, work through that resentment and like, be like, these are this just, this is my homies. You know what I mean? And there were so many other people there that I hadn't seen in so long. It was just like a, such a great night for me. I remember it like so vividly. And, uh, I think it was actually the, uh, Juturna tenure. And no,
0: it was, it was on letting go. On
2: letting Go. That's it. Yep. <laughs>
0: yeah. Cause I remember seeing you at that show Yeah, and I had just gotten my shit together right around the same time. So we were connecting on that front. And I, I remember you saying, oh, I'm looking for Tony. I can't find him anywhere. And I was like, who the fuck's Tony? And yeah. you're like, you're like, Tony, Gre-
2: Tony Green. Yeah, yeah. You're
0: like, you're like Anthony. And I was That's like, oh, I've, I've literally <laughs> never heard someone call him Tony before. Yeah. He's
2: Tony to me, man. I just call him Tony. <laughs> yeah, That's Tony. He's even on my phone is like Tony G or something like that. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah. I, and I, it's, like, I, mean, I love him to death, man. Like I, I, it's our relationship is so weird. Cause we were like so close. Like, you know, for a long time. And, uh, after like, I didn't make the cut in the band, I felt like kind of like I was, he didn't really give a shit for a while, you know? And like, yeah, I was probably angry and he was just, didn't know how to feel about it or like, yeah. I don't know. it was weird for a while, but I'm glad we're cool now. Like we're like, you know, we talk and we're boys, you know, I, I always just had like, we just had like the most respect for each other. Like he, I think, I feel like he felt the same way. Like we always wanted to play in a band with each other, you know? Yeah, to do something. I think recently he was like, "Let's just make music." And I'm like, "Yeah, I've been saying that for years." <laughs> <laughs>
0: um, no, that's great though, and it's it's great to get over like all the all the bullshit because yeah, for so many years I felt sorry for myself, and now I'm just like, "Hey, like my experience is my experience, and what I'm doing is awesome." And just getting to do this thing is really cool. Uh, I get to connect with friends in a way that I haven't before and just ask questions I've always wanted to know that I've never gotten to ask and it's just, it's just fun. Crazy. So what, what are you doing nowadays?
2: Let, let's catch uh, up. All right. <laughs> well, nowadays I'm not doing shit. I'm stuck at home. <laughs> uh, you know, I don't have a job. <laughs> Quarantine sucks. Yeah. Uh, no, but other than that, I mean, before all the shit happened, um, I had joined a band, a Philly band called Thin Lips. Uh, it's been around for a couple of years. So I've been doing that. Mm-hmm. um I just joined maybe like a year or like august uh, last year yeah august of last year uh, i love I, I love it it's great being in like a, a a great band again and having a lot of fun and um uh, we were actually supposed to go on tour in what day is it today the second um, yeah we were supposed to leave for a tour on the 14th of May, and it would have been the first tour it would have been on in over ten years wow Wow! and so now Jesus. yeah now i'm stuck it's a, hey, here we go story of my life right just ripped <laughs> <up>. uh, <laughs> no but it's it's cool uh i love them to death i'm so grateful that my bo- actually joe is the one joe uh from halfway to holland hop along um he's the one that got me into that band oh okay um he suggested that i try out so uh really cool it all kind of goes back full circle, man. Like everybody's like linked in with every, like some other person, you know, if you know somebody from our area, you're probably are linked in somehow. To some other band Or some other person, you know what I mean? you like, you'd really think about it. It's like six degrees of lower bucks County or some bullshit. <laughs> <You know? laughs> it's weird.
0: Um, Philly's also, like that, man. And surrounding areas.
2: Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Um, I also have, uh, you know, I met um a friend of mine, uh Deirdre. I met her about like two years ago.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: And um I met her through some mutual friends. We follow each other on Instagram, and uh one day she posted a video of her singing and I was like, I didn't know she sang at all. And it was just like the well, I was blown away. I was like I hit her up and I was like, We're gonna make music together. And she's like, Okay, cool. <laughs> you know? That's kinda how like I start bands. I'm like, we're gonna make music together. I'm like, All right. <laughs> but uh, i've been doing that too so uh she's her name is deirdre french um she's really good and we're gonna make some hits together we've been like recording uh some stuff here and there probably like before all this happened we were doing like once a month in a studio like have a studio session once a month like all day we've written some really cool songs so i'm doing that i'm playing in thin lips uh and other than that i'm doing nothing right now
0: (laughs) Yeah, no one can do anything. All the shows were canceled. All the tours were canceled. We don't know when it's going to start up again. But hang in there because that tour is going to happen again, damn it. And we're going to come I see you. Also,
2: I think we have like three of the dates rescheduled for like November.
0: How long was the original tour?
2: Uh, like two or three weeks. Okay. With, a, it with It's supposed to be with the band called Diet Sig. I don't know if you guys remember them. No. No, they are great.
0: Oh, cool. All right, so folks, we're gonna check out Thin Lips, mm. right? Yes, at Thin we're, Lips. <laughs> we're gonna we're gonna listen to the only the first two A Life Once Lost records because <laughs> because TJ is on those. We're gonna Actually, find no.
2: <laughs> only listen to a great artist because that's the great record.
0: Okay, <laughs> <laughs> uh, we're gonna we're gonna find the Like Lion, the original Like Lion songs on YouTube, and we're gonna listen to those, right? Okay, yeah. And we're going to listen to Handshakes at Sunrise, yeah. the circus song. Yeah, man. But
2: only that song. Sure. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> that, uh, that little drum beat in the beginning that I did, uh, that was like, I think Calm was like, do some little drum thing in the beginning. I was like, all right, cool. And I just yeah. like made it up on the spot and, like in Skylight. Yeah. Uh, and people love that thing. So that's cool. Yo,
3: that's actually, can I actually ask a question about like just playing drums in general? Really? Uh This is one of those things that like uh, when I think about drummers, I think about like most people try to think of, all right, well, they they keep the beat or they have the rhythm that goes along with it. You're one of the people that like when I hear your style of playing, I immediately think of like like braid or Appleseed cast where it's like, no, the drums are another instrument that goes along that has like the same type of, like you can do things that are tonal. You can do things that are rhythmic. You can do like, you have a real master kind of like way of thinking about the drums that are not just, Oh, okay. Now I just have to keep the time. Like, (laughs) how did you, how did you break away from that mindset of like, all right, I'm, I'm just going to keep the rhythm to like, you know, I'm going to do, you know, something that kind of accentuates this part of the song or my own thing that kind of leads into this. Like, how did you get, wrap your brain around kind of getting to that part of playing
2: fuck man it was just probably uh being influenced by the sounds and the way that certain drummers were playing like i was heavily influenced by john bonham uh for the for the um for like the the hits like the hard hitting stuff and then also uh damon atkinson of braid um and hey mercedes too um, if you know that beginning of that braid record, that frame and canvas, he does that that drum thing, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. Always stuck with me. And that's probably why I love that record because it starts out with a. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? and yes, yeah, no, exactly ever, that part. Ever since I heard that, I was like, this is sick. Why wouldn't yeah. I play stuff like that? You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, and also, I would probably attribute it to Vadim. Uh, he really helped me, um, he shaped the way that. You know, cause I was just, I, I played the drums and I played them pretty well when I was younger. Right. But then we started this band and he was like, we were writing parts together, you know, doing like intricate stuff. Cause it's that kind of music. Mm-hmm. Um, and that probably helped me a lot too, uh, the for sure. And building my confidence and just being like, yeah, you man, you can do this. Just do it. You know? Um,
3: so awesome. Cause it's, it's just like when I hear, I, I hear certain drummers and I go. That's way different than other people play drums. Like, <laughs> yeah. That's a that's a very different way. Like I actually, I always think to um, there's a Appleseed Cast song called Steps and Numbers, mm. and there's a the, just the drum beat in the background of it. For some reason, it, I always think of it as like it's it's I can't even put words to it. it. It's it's not even just like relaxing. It's like it literally takes me to a different place. Like as soon as I hear it, like I'm like oh my god how is that so fucking good like it's just to wrap your brain around it is it's like almost impossible and then the more i listen to it the more i realize like i have no fucking clue what this guy is playing like as i'm listening <laughs> to it i'm like i can't even track this like i can't even think like at least with meshuga i can eventually just go okay i can kind of tap this out with my fingers like
0: yeah it's on the double bass yeah yeah like with if, this you, guy, if, I'm if like, you take the double bass out of Masuga drums they're so oh, easy like you, you just hit the snare and the, 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 the crash symbol like sometimes but it's like
3: it, it, there's a there's certain that style of playing where i hear it and i just go immediately i'm like god damn that's awesome like yeah. it's and it's it's neat that like you were able to especially with you know there's a like lion song um that you do something really cool in the beginning i think it's called um is it Everywhere we go? It's like lines? It's like yes. dude. Wait, do it one more time.
2: Uh, yes, that's fucking. It's so
3: funny. Is like I always used to, when I had that. I had um uh for some reason I had like a weird copy of that. I must have gotten like a blank, like a CDR copy of it or something.
2: Skip and yes, yeah. They all do that.
3: Fuck. Okay.
2: I literally thought I'm
3: like. I'm like, I have a bad copy of this song. It's something's
2: fucked with this. (laughs) Everybody's got the bad copy. God damn it! All right, good. Well, that's there was something where it was like it was glitched, and then we just uh, we copied that glitch CD over and over again. We don't even listen to them. You know what I mean? We're just like whatever. Okay. Oh, God. (laughs) Yeah, you kind of get extra like clip. (laughs) That's fucking wild. All right, well, that just
3: cleared up like two years of like every time I heard that, like, because there's that song and um there's something else on there that I, 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 hear it and I go, God, it's so like, I, as soon as I hear it, I can go, that's TJ. Like and it's instantaneous. Like it's
2: just, it's <laughs> so your sound. Thanks. Such a cool way of thinking about it. That's cool. Uh, you guys want to know something cool too. Um, yeah, there's a cool story about, uh, fourth plague flies. I'm going to let you in on a little story. Oh yes, please. Uh, so when we recorded that, we did it in one day. I did the drums at least in one day at Vincent. Mm-hmm. um, I probably did it with a couple hours. So that was towards the end of the life on sauce where I was already leaving, but I had agreed to like play shows and like do that record. Right. Yeah. Um, and the owls, uh, owls were playing and new end original, uh, which was, yes, I was at that show. Yeah. Yeah. So that was the day that we had tracked. I had tracked at least personally, the fourth Plague flies all within like three hours. Mm
1: -hmm. Yeah.
2: Um, and the, I was so dumb with the band um that I didn't I had a double bass pedal and it was broken. Uh the left the left pedal was broken. So if you listen really closely on that on that record, you can hear the imperfections of the double bass pedal and it's because it was broken and I just didn't give a shit. <laughs> <laughs> Yo, so I
3: actually I remember hearing a story about this and I don't know if it was from Doug or from Carpenter, but I remember him being uh this was like not far after the recording was done him being like dude we were so pissed i didn't know this you know i i carpenter's a pretty good drummer like a, he's like not yeah. phenomenal like but he can play he was yeah. like dude we were so pissed about some of that shit like we almost had fucking carpenter just redo the whole thing
2: yeah <laughs> <laughs> i think peter 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 picked me up uh and i was he was like waiting outside to pick, pick me up for that to go to that show and um i was just done i did the songs and i was like i'm out see you you know, and then Bob had like come and talk to me, like ran after me outside. and was like, Hey man, I'm like, blah, blah, blah I'm like, whatever, you know, just get away from me. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> and then I got my fucking face melted off by new and original at the show who I'd never heard before. I had no idea who Jonah was. I didn't know that the dudes from Texas and the reason were in it. And I was, they, they, they play this. All right. If we can go into it. Yes. I mean, it's at the church, which is the best venue in Philadelphia. Hands down. Yeah. Uh, they get up there they play this long kind of drawn out, like the drummers on the tombs for like five minutes. It's like this opening song, right? It's like chill. And then Jonah goes like, hey guys, what's up? We're new and original. And it's like, good God, good God, good God, good God, good God. And they just start rocking. I'm like, oh my God, who the fuck is this band? I was blown away because I was only there to see Owls, you know?
0: I was there just to see New End Original. I was obsessed with Texas is the Reason and I, I missed them. I got into them after they were broken up. So when I heard two members were forming a new band with the front man of Far, I was like, holy fucking shit.
2: So that. Yeah, you gotta be kidding me. <laughs> yeah. So
0: I, I watched them and I left before Owls played.
2: Wow. Owls were I've, sick too, though, but, they, but New End Original definitely blew them out of the water for sure. Yeah. yeah. Do you remember that? Like the opening songs just chill. Like no. Hours. No? I don't.
0: Uh, the only thing I remember is one, well, three things I remember. One, they had CDs with them because they were on tour and I pre ordered it and I was like, God yeah. damn it. Like, now I have to wait another fucking week to hear it. Two, right? uh, Jonah kept making this joke that like there was a, there was like a a uh, rug on the ground that looks like a roulette wheel or something. And he's like, Oh, hard, hardcore band, people should throw bets and of where the hardcore guy is going to jump. And he kept like <laughs> j- jumping on the rug. And three, I left before Owls played. Well, I had never heard of Owls or even Cap and Jazz at that point. But um, I had to drive my girlfriend sort of uh it was my girl i was in a relationship with that time but we might have been broken up i don't know it was always fucking complicated and i was supposed to drive her back (laughs) to penn state that night and that's like a two and a half three hour drive and then it was like 10 o'clock and i was like uh i can't do it (laughs) so her her dad had to end up driving her back and it was it's it was a bad situation
2: i was just that that, that's so that's kind of like my growing out of hardcore is like that's that day is very, like, important for me because it was like, I did this record, I got out of there super quick so I could go see some fucking indie rock bands play, you know what I mean? Yeah. That was, like, my <laughs> progression, you know? It was, and like,
0: I, instant, like, like, running yeah. out of the studio recording yeah. the A Life Lost record to get to yeah. the Owls show. That's amazing.
2: They were pissed, man, but there was some, you know, I didn't give a shit. I, I'm sure you guys know why I didn't give a shit.
0: <laughs> uh, you, you, sh- you would not have had to give a shit under those circumstances. Yeah. By Thank any means.
2: You. Thank you. I appreciate that. Yeah. Uh, I also please. have a question for you guys, too. Yes, please. Oh, um, I think it's in like the first or second episode. You guys are talking about a girl that you both had a. Oh, shit. You did, too. Hey, I, I did. Okay. I was going to ask you if it was. Okay. Yeah. Tommy, do you remember seeing At the Drive in at 4040 and me telling you? Do you remember this? no oh, i don't know <laughs> this is good i remember no. seeing
3: i remember definitely i oh so okay so i remember seeing at the drive-in at forty forty for sure
2: that, that was the best show actually to this day best show i've ever seen hands down live wow it
3: was it was incredible and i remember there was a couple times i got super like i was in the crowd and it was like you know obviously it's at the drive-in like no one's dancing like no one's gonna fucking like masha for shit like that right we were, but uh no, there no. was a couple times where people in the band like got on top of like the um I don't know if it was Cedric or Omar. Yeah. Got on top of an amp, and I was like, "Are you fucking out of your mind?" It was like a like a double stack. I was like, "You're gonna fucking fall, and there's nothing behind you. Are you out of your like?" I remember being like
2: really nervous, like well, these guys are gonna get super hurt. Do you remember at Forty Forty how they had like the two pillars on the sides? Like if you're looking at the stage, yeah. had the two pillars, but you could get up there, right? And oh yeah. Fucking what? What's the singer's name? Cedric, I guess. Cedric. Yeah. yeah. Cedric is a singer, yeah. So he was like. You know, I, I, that's the first time I saw. I literally saw somebody throw a microphone and let it wrap around their neck. I've never seen that before. <laughs> uh, I've I uh, saw him like he turned into Spider Man and somehow he got up on one of those pillars. Also, this is all while Omar is like absolutely freaking the fuck out on guitar and not missing one single note, and still playing somehow. Yeah, still like i playing. I'm- yeah, and, and remember how they had a tour bus? They had just signed a Grand Royal it was before oh, that's great. Right. yeah and
3: they showed up yes yeah, so this is this, bef- this was this was in uh, casino out was still was out but um yeah. yeah no uh what's the fucking one that was on grand royal in relationship uh, uh, in, in relationship. relationship was it yeah it was not out yet so it was like oh my god yeah he had so got, wait
2: you he, had a You con- wait you had a conversation with me at at, yeah. at at the drive-in yeah so we were waiting for them to come on and i was like He's like, oh, what's go-? you were like, yeah, what's going on, man? I didn't see you in a while. I was like, oh, my girlfriend fucking cheated on me, my friend, blah, blah, blah. Uh, which is also, you know, side note, uh, repeating story in my life, apparently. I don't know. I don't know what's going on there. But, uh, <laughs> uh, uh, and you were like, oh, no, man, who who is it? Like, and uh, it turned out, you know, I think maybe like two months you were dating the girl. <laughs> oh, Wait, it was you, Tommy?
3: No, 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 I wasn't, oh, no. It wasn't
0: Tommy, no. Oh, okay. No,
2: it wasn't me, no.
0: Oh, so within two months, you ended up with that person.
2: Maybe, maybe, I'm getting, see, my timing is all off. It was probably a while, but I remember, I remember it being like, oh man, Tommy was like on my side about that, but now he's like dating me. <laughs> oh. oh my God. <laughs> but yeah, when I agree with uh, both of what you guys were saying, she was just like this great person, like how could you not be into this great person? Yeah. She yeah. was
3: yeah. like, yeah, she was such a nice girl. And then the thing was, it's like, uh, what always bummed me out was like, uh, and we
2: dated for a while.
0: Fuck, yeah, um, yeah, was like uh, after me, I'm pretty sure. So TJ, did you hate Tommy after you heard that uh, he was with her?
2: I probably was upset, yeah, at the time. I'm yeah. sure. Like, it's like now you're like, what? I'm 36 years old now. How the fuck old? Yeah, yeah. That? It's like, yeah, geez, 30, uh, yeah. Like, it's it's I'm, ancient history at this point. It's crazy, and it yeah. affected. Like to think that I would let it affect uh, somebody as you know, you know important to me as Tommy is, you know, you know what I mean? Yeah, you know, my life. It's
3: you know? it's yeah, and it's so <laughs> wild. Is like it, it's one of these things that like we talk about, like we talk about this show and like the whole theme that we always really want to kind of thread through this is like we've we've been friends since we were little kids. Like, like you we were. Really
2: watched we... me grow up. Oh yeah, yeah, a hundred percent. Seen me grow up, <laughs> like you know? yeah.
3: It's I cool. remember the first time I saw you at that Lansdowne Friend shirt, a show you had um you had like spiky hair,, yep. like, and I'm pretty sure I could be wrong on this.
0: Were you wearing a dog collar?
1: Probably, Was that yeah. something?
3: Yeah, yeah, yeah.
2: I remember that now. So, okay, so I, was, you- I was really heavy. Like I, I heard Vision of Disorder, and I was like, "This is my fault. Oh shit! Right? I
3: could have like, swore you had makeup on too. I didn't want to yeah, say so- something would be like a yeah. dick, but no, no, no makeup.
2: Remember he had? I just have really uh, feature like deep features. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so remember how the fucking singer of Vision of Disorder had the blonde dreads? All right. Well, they were like kind of like the first new metal band. So. Yeah, I mean, kind of. Uh, and the guy had fucking blonde dreads. So I had like this. I did like this makeshift fucking blonde dread thing where I would bleach the tip of my hair and, like, uh, put them, like, just put a bunch of gel and, like, make them look like they were dreadlocks, but they were. <laughs> uh, you know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so crazy. So stupid. Fuck, man. Yeah, but that was my shit. Fuck. I remember, Like, the first time I met you guys was, like, okay, so, also in a recurring recur- theme that's on the show is Shaw's house. Yes. Right? <laughs> yes. So, like, that was my... uh just safe haven, you know what I mean? Like you just oh, show yeah. up, and I think I have like three CDs still that I just like borrowed and never returned. I think like Slick Shoes is one of them. You know? <laughs> that had to be Gary's. Uh, yeah. Gary, oh my god. Yeah.
3: There's, that's that, yeah. that's a Gary CD all the way.
2: Yeah. <laughs> but it was just like you know they had that one room. Where it was just CDs and like records and like yeah. You remember, you remember that? You would just go. Yeah. In, oh yeah. Listen to whatever. And like, uh, do you remember? Uh nineteen ninety nine, New Year's Eve. Yes. So Shaw Shaw would have, you know, New Year's Eve parties. Mm-hmm. That was the place to be. Um and it's you know, everybody's freaking out about Y2K and uh Man. oh what's gonna happen, all the fucking computers are gonna go back to zero and what are we gonna do? And like this is you know, the world's gonna end and blah blah blah, like mm-hmm. all this crazy shit. And so like it's right about to be midnight, we're all in the Shaw's house, and everybody's counting down. And they get fucking, three, two, one, happy new year. And the lights cut off. And everybody yeah. Goes, C- Cochran everybody cut goes, the lights. <laughs> everybody <Yeah>. goes, everybody <laughs> goes, ah, freaking <laughs> out. And we're like, this is so cool. The world's ending. We're all going to run outside and we're all freaking out. And then we realize that all the neighbors lights are on. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> like somebody had just, I think it was like Gary or somebody. And somebody had like cut the lights like as a joke. But no, like, was it?
0: Uh, I think it was Jim Cochran. Was I there? Think it was Jim
2: Cochran. He, he, was, think uh, he just went down. Yeah. He went down the circuit breaker and turned yeah. them all off. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what a genius thing to do! Because like there was eighty kids in there that were just running outside, like the world's ending, and like you know. But oh wait, the neighbors' lights are still on. <laughs> <laughs> I always like remember that man. There's just like so many good memories there. Those
0: parties that were classic. I think I went up till like two thousand six or seven. TJ, thank you so much for coming on. This was awesome, and it was great to catch up,
2: and uh, that's it. Awesome. Thank you, guys. Thank you so much, TJ. I really appreciate it. Of course. Miss you guys terribly. I hope you miss you too, man.
0: There you have it, folks, the TJ DeBloy interview. We hope you enjoyed it as much as we did. Now, as a reminder, please subscribe to us on your podcast medium of choice. Give us likes. Give us comments. Give us ratings. Give us feedback. We want to hear from you. Follow us on Instagram and Twitter at scene. Email us at northeastcene at gmail.com. Continue to send us your ticket stubs and your flyers and show videos and stories. We want your experiences to be a part of this thing as well. We're going to continue bringing you new episodes every Monday at 9 a.m. unless something changes or there's some kind of scheduling mix-up. We're going to have new interviews. They're all going to be under the umbrella of all the stuff we listen to. Emo, post-rock, post-hardcore, hardcore, hardcore, whatever. So please get in touch with us. And until next time.